Section two of Carolina Chansons by DeBose Hayward and Hervey Allen. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Seance at Sunrise Place the new hands in the old hands of the old generation, and let us tilt tables in the high room of our imagination. Let the thick veil glow thin at sunrise, at sunrise. Let the strange eyes peer in, the red, the black, and the white faces of the still living dead of the three races. Let a quaint voice begin. Voice of an Indian. Gone from the land, we leave the music of our names, as pleasant as the sound of waters. Gone is the log lodge and the skin teepee, and moons ago the ghost canoe brought home the latest of our sons and daughters. Yet still we linger in tobacco smoke and in the rustling fields of maize. Faint are the tracks our moccasins have left, but they are there, down all your ways. Voice of a Slave We do not talk of hours in the rice when days were long, nor of old masters who are with us here beyond all right or wrong. Only white afternoons come back when in the fields we reached the mercy seat on wings of song. Voice of a Planter Nothing moves there but the night wind, blowing the mosses like smoke. All would be silent as moonlight but for the owl in the oak. Stairways that lead up to nothing, windows like terrible scars, snakes on a log in the cistern peering at stars. Spirit of Prophecy Dawn, with its childish colors, stipples the solemn vault of night. Beyond the horizon the sun shakes a bloody fist. Mysteries stand naked by the lakes of mist. Spirits take flight, the medicine man, the voodoo doctor, witches mount brooms, the day looms. Faster it comes, bringing young giants who hate solitude and march with drums. Beat, beat, beat down every ancient street. The young giants, minded like boys, action for action's sake they love, and noise for noise. Voice of a Poet The fire of the sunset is remembered at midnight, but forgotten at dawn. While the old stars set, let us speak of their glory before they are gone. H.A. Silences You who have known my city for a day and heard the music of her steepled bells, then laughed and passed along your vagrant way, carrying only what the city tells to those who listen solely with their ears. You know St. Matthew's swinging harmonies and old St. Michael's tale of golden years, far less like bells than chanted memories. Yet there is something wanting in the song of lyric youth with voice unschooled by pain, and there are breathing stillnesses that throng dim corners, and that only stir again when bells are dumb. Not even bronze that beats our heart-throbs back can tell of old defeats. But you who take the city for your own, come with me when the night flows deep and kind along these narrow ways of troubled stone, and floods the wide savannas of the mind with tides that cool the fever of the day. One with the dark, companioned by the stars, will seek St. Philip's, nebulous and gray, holding its throbbing beacon to the bars, a prisoned spirit vibrant in the stone that knew its empire of forgotten things. Then will the city know you for her own, and feel you meet to share her sufferings, while down a swirl of poignant memories herself shall find you in her silences. Once coaches waited row on shining row before this door, and where the thirsty street drank the deep shadow of the portico, the Sunday hush was stirred by happy feet, low greetings, and the rustle of brocade, 
the organ throb and warmth of sunny eyes that flashed and smiled beneath a bonnet shade, life with the lure of all its swift disguise. Then from the soaring lyric of the spire, like the composite voice of all the town, the bells burst swiftly into singing fire that wrapped the building, and which showered down bright cadences to flash along the ways, loud with the splendid gladness of the days. War took the city, and the laughter died from lips that pain had kissed. One after one all lovely things went down the sanguine tide, while death made moaning answer to the gun. Then as a golden voice dies in the throat of one who lives, but whose glad heart is dead, the bells were taken, and a sterner note rang from their bronze where Lee and Jackson led. The rhythmic seasons chill and burn and chill, cooling old angers, warming hearts again. The ancient building quickens to the thrill of lilting feet, but only singing rain flutters old echoes in the portico. Those who can still remember love it so. D.H. Note on the chimes to accompany silences. The bells of Charleston, like the bells of London Town, have a peculiar interest. St. Michael's bells and clock were brought from England in 1764. When the British evacuated Charleston in 1782, they took the bells with them. A Mr. Rhinu bought them in England and returned them. They were rehung in November 1783. During the Civil War, St. Michael's steeple was the target for Federal artillery and fleet guns. In 1861, the bells were taken to Columbia, South Carolina, where two of them were stolen, and the rest injured by fire when the city was burned. Those left were again sent to England and recast in the original molds. In March 1867, they once again rang out from the spire. St. Philip's Church stands in the old part of the town. During the Civil War, its bells were cast into cannon. For a long time, its steeple was used as a lighthouse. It is the center of forgotten things. The bells of St. Matthew's are modern and speak of a new order, but all the bells are the voice of the town. They speak for her silences, which are eloquent. Presences Despite the garish presences that flaunt the obvious possession of today, to wear with me the spectacles that haunt the optic sense with rays of yesterday, these cobbled shores through which the traffic streams have been the stage set of successive towns, where coffined actors postured out their dreams, and harlot folly changed her thousand gowns. This corner shop was Bull's Head Tavern, when names now dead on marble lived in clay. Its rooms were like a sanded cavern, where candles made a sallow jest of day, and drovers' boots came grinding like a quern, while merchants drank their steaming cups of tay. Here pock-marked Blackbeard covenanted bonnet to slit the don's throats at St. Augustine, and bust light ladies, unknown to this sonnet, whose names no doubt would rhyme with Magdalene and English parsons who had lost their fames sat tippling wine as spicy as their joke, larding bald texts with bets on cocking manes, and whiffing pipes churchwardens used to smoke. Here macaronis, hands a-droop with laces, dealt knave to knave in piquet or écarté, in coats no whit less scarlet than their faces, while bullies hiccuped healths to king and party and yankee slavers in from barbados drove flinty bargains with keen huguenots then meeting street first knew st michael's steeple when redcoats marched with royal drums a-banging or merchants stopped gowned tutors to inquire why school let out to see a pirate hanging and gentlemen took supper in the street when candle-shine from tables gould the dark 
while others passing by would be discreet and take the farther side without remark, pausing perhaps to snuff the balmy savour of turtle soup mulled with the bay leaves flavour. These walls beheld them, and these lingering trees that still preempt the middle of the gutter, they are the backdrops for old comedies. If leaves were tongues, what stories they might utter. H. A. End of section 2. Read by Laurie Ann Walden.